Hey everyone, good morning. Follow me for a sec. I thought I would just take an opportunity to give you a little bit of a behind the scenes tour for some of the stuff that we do every week. Uh, and this one's a little bit extra special too, but some of the stuff that we're pouring into to bring you just the best of our abilities to give you a live stream online church service so that you can worship and pray and learn in your homes together. So this is a little bit of a recording studio we've been setting up here. Uh, and even more specifically, this last weekend, our worship teams have been pouring in, giving it their all so we can bring you uh, the coming week some amazing worship experience at home. We've rented a bunch of gear. We're so thankful for the stuff that's been lent out that all the volunteers have poured in all of their extra time and been flexible because you know what? We're not professional actors. Um, hopefully it doesn't show too much. We're doing our best, but this is a stretching time where we're just so thankful for your prayers, your support, and really just everything that allows us to bring the gospel into your homes, into the world during this time. Uh, so, hey, here we go. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. We're so thankful that you've chosen to spend part of your morning here with us together online. And if this is one of your first times here, a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you better. And in order to have that happen, we need to know that you're here. So send us a message, Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, whatever you're watching on, or you can send us an email at hello at cedarvalley.ca, or really just head over to our website to learn a bit about us. You can get some of our materials, our previous services, and all of the contact information you'd need. You can get onto a prayer chain, or you can submit prayer requests. We just love to get you connected into our community. As well, one of the best ways to keep up with all the stuff happening in our church community these days is following us on Instagram or Facebook or signing up for our email newsletter. And again, that's at cedarvalley.ca. Speaking of some of the things happening, uh, next week is Father's Day. So dads, we want to celebrate you and lift you up and just give you a bit of a time to really just build yourself. Maybe you need some recovery. Uh, so what we're doing is we're putting on a few bonfires around town here that we would love for you to come out to and they'll be safe, of course. So we have limited space at these and we need you to sign up. So you can email us or give us a phone call 604-826-2445 or email us again hello at cedarvalley.ca and let us know you're coming and who you're bringing because there'll be room for friends and neighbors too and uh, we'll get you the information of where to go. And that's happening next Saturday, June 20th at 7.30 in the evening. So again, bonfires next Saturday. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Dads, we'd love to have you out there and space is limited. So let us know if you're coming. We've got a great service in store for you. Uh, we're gonna head into a time of worship. Uh, we are getting an awesome interactive, a fun lesson from Pastor Rob for the kids. So stick around for that kids. And then following up with that, a sermon from Pastor Doug. All in all, the service will be about 45 minutes. And before we do that, we're just going to spend a time of prayer, just a blessing over this service. So join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that nothing can stop us from proclaiming your name and your good news. Uh, now on the internet, God, internationally, online, we would never have imagined that Cedar Valley would be doing these kind of things. But God, you're faithful and your message is never wavered by anything that the world throws at us. So God, thank you for blessing us. God, we just pray that you bless the offering that's been given uh, remotely online or however that has been. God, we pray that you're in every single household that's participating in this service or for the hundreds and thousands of other church services happening these days. 
And God, we just know that you are present in our lives and that it's not even just in a building, but God, in our living rooms. God, we also just lift up our, cell there, our neighbors to the south there, the states, and even, God, us too, as there's just social turmoil happening, God. There's conflict, disagreements, God. There's people who are oppressed. There's people who are discriminated against, and there is... Uh, we can barely fathom the things that are happening there. God, we just pray that your truth, your good news, is seen as the only revelation that can come and break those chains, the sin that we have in the world. God, we pray that your good news, your gospel message can free us from whatever uh, presuppositions, God, for the racism that still exists in our towns, in our lives. So God, we just pray that you're present in our world more than ever. And for those who are sick, God, those who need healing, we just pray your blessing, your miraculous healing as a great healer, God, that you can lift them up out of that. We lift the service up to your name and pray all these things, God, in your name, amen. So, Cedar Valley. We're in for a really great service. Now, you can see all this is uh, a lot of stuff we're doing for music. There's some recording studio equipment, tons of computers. It's a little bit wild. But a big part of this is because we love to sing and worship together. There's uh, musicians in our church, volunteers that are just giving it their all. We love that too. But here's a question for you, just as we get this service started. Head over to the comments section. Let us know what kind of musical instruments you play. We'd love to know some of the ones that maybe you played a long time ago and you just haven't really told many people about. Let us know that. And let us know if there was nothing to inhibit you from trying it, what instruments would you love to play? Thanks, Cedar Valley. church we're glad you could join us this morning we're gonna sing a couple worship songs Chosen, not forsaken, 
believe in the saints communion and in your holy church i believe in the resurrection when jesus comes again for i believe in the name of jesus i believe in god our father i believe in christ the son i believe in the holy spirit our god is three in one i believe in the resurrection Cedar Valley Kids. My name is Pastor Rob. I'm actually one of the pastors here on staff at Cedar Valley Church. And because Pastor Doug is going to be teaching the adults very shortly, I get a chance again to share a little teaching with you. But to start it off, what I really want to do is to play a little game I like to call Who Am I? I'm going to give you three clues per item and you will have a chance to guess at what it is. And the sooner you guess, the better. And the way you guess is by, maybe you need some help from a parent, is by going online and typing in your answer really quick, either on Facebook or YouTube, because there's chat panels in both of those uh, social media platforms. And here's what you're shooting for today. If you answer first and correctly, Kinder Surprise. I don't know what's in here, that's why it's a surprise, but it's yummy and you're gonna love it. So if you get the right answer and you get it first, that'll be yours. We'll get it to you somehow. All right, here we go. Who am I? Some kids take me to bed at night. That's clue number one. Some kids take me to bed at night. Clue number two, I am soft and furry. Remember, if you have a guess, say something online. Third clue, my grown-up name is Theodore. Oh, you got it? I'll give you a second. Here is the first of the who am I objects. A teddy bear. That's right, Theodore, teddy bear. Who am I? Round two, I am usually green and sometimes I can have red eyes. Clue number two, I can jump really well. Clue number three, when I speak, it sounds like ribbit. Who am I? I bet most of you have got it by now. 
I am this little fella here from the rainforest. It's a rainforest frog. Round number three. Who am I? <coughs> Leah and Luke are my friends. That's clue number one. Clue number two. My best friend's name is Chewy. And clue number three, I am the captain of the Millennium Falcon. And here is who I am. Han Solo. <laughs> Round four, who am I? Clue number one, God knitted me in my mom's tummy. Clue number two, I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Clue three, my mom and my dad call me Robert. If you guessed me as the last round who I am, or who am I, then you would be right. The Bible says, reading from the NIV, for you, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. Who is the Bible talking about? talking about you. It's talking about me. God gave you to your mom and your dad as a gift. You are knit together by him. You are wonderfully made. You are woven together by God. Here's what I'd like you to do. Go find three small things or objects in your home and bring them back to where mom and dad are. Hide those three things behind your back and sit and wait for them to be done listening to Pastor Doug's teaching. And when he is done and they are ready, I'd like you to play the Who Am I game with them. And they, they can help you with that, no trouble. And remember, as you're playing Who Am I? Remind yourself who you are. Made by God and loved by God. See you, Cedar Valley kids.
Well, good morning, and thanks, Pastor Rob, for that great Bible story lesson that you gave with the kids. And parents, well, the kids are getting their answers and sending them off to Pastor Rob. You know what? It's movie night tonight, and after a long, hard week, you've been looking forward to this night, just so we can sit back and relax and enjoy a good show. So you've got your snacks and your drinks. You're already in your comfy chair. You're all set. You turn the lights down and the volume up, and the show begins. And yet, wait, what is that that you see on the screen? It's not the show you thought it would be. It's you on the screen. Your life is being portrayed in all of its glory and whatever else is in there. You're shocked. Not because you don't look good. It's because in the midst of the drama, the comedy, and maybe even some of the horror of you, you discover, you realize that you're not the only one watching. And as you see the words, you hear the words that you've spoken, but only in certain circles, not with everyone, and the actual thoughts the ones that you wouldn't even turn into actions or words, they are becoming dramatized on the screen for everyone to see. And even the attitude of your heart. And you quickly discover that there's some parts that are darker than even you have acknowledged. And it's then that you realize the kids your neighbors, the boss, the people at church, they also have all been watching the same show. You struggle to find the remote and you can't get it quick enough, so your bowl of popcorn is a missile. They head straight for the TV to disintegrate it. You know, there's some things about us that others don't know. And you know what? It's probably best. But... God knows. And in Psalm 139, David brings us along on his journey of being known by God. It's quite an intimate, personal conversation. And yet, for some, this type of conversation can be quite uncomfortable. And yet, to have an intimate relationship with someone, it's really a deep longing of the human heart, perhaps the deepest. To know and to be known and loved is really the soul's passion. Being known is our greatest desire, but at the same time, it's one of our greatest fears. For to really be known, we have to really reveal who we are. And that can be difficult, if not dangerous. And yet we all have this great need and desire to be accepted. And you know, it's likely that there's a club or a group or a bar or even a cause that you could be a part of where you feel accepted as long as you kind of fit into their mold. 
But with God, he just wants to be with you. For he created you and he wants to journey with you. All that our heart longs for can be found in a relationship with God and in opening ourselves to be known by God, we are then enabled to be known by others. In such a relationship, it's really the heartbeat of Psalm 139. So join me as we journey along with David here this morning. In, verse chap- in chapter 139, verse 1, he says, You know everything about me. O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. Not just about me. God really is the supreme know-it-all. And if somebody refers to you in those terms, it's, it's likely not very positive. But with God, it's one of his key attributes. We call it omniscience. He knows everything. And you, you're a part of that everything. And then the psalm continues. And David says, when I sit down, when I stand up, when I travel, when I'm resting at home, you know everything I do. You know everything I'm going to say. And even my thoughts. And in the midst of that, David says in verse 5, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing upon me. This is God's desire. And David sits back and he reflects and he says, this knowledge is just too much for me. I cannot comprehend. It's too much for me to understand how the supreme God knows me so intimately. And then he says in verse 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. God's ability to be everywhere present at the same time, we call that omnipresent. Do you remember maybe years ago, many, many years ago, playing hide-and-seek when you were young, and there was just no place to hide, and you circled in the room or outside, and all of the good spots were taken, and the countdown had finished, and the person who was seeking was already well on their way, and you were left caught in the open. Where could I possibly hide from God? David says, I could go to the furthest corner of the earth if I could find it, to the farthest west, to the most distant east, to the highest heaven, to the deepest depth of the earth. And then he says, well, how about if it's dark? Perhaps if there were no light at all and I was completely engulfed by the darkness, then then maybe I could be hidden from the presence of God. But no, such is not the case. For God's presence is not confirmed, confined to the light. In fact, his presence transcends 
all categories of darkness and of light. There is nowhere I can be where I am not in God's presence. There is nowhere I can be that would put me apart from the presence of God. And yet, like Adam, our tendency can be to turn and flee and run from the presence of God when there's a problem. And though Adam and Eve, they thought they were well hidden from God, really they weren't. He knew where they were. And just as it was not possible for them to physically separate themselves from the presence of God, neither can we. And yet, there's other ways that we tempt to run from God. It's just by distancing ourselves in thought, in mind. Maybe if we ignore God, he won't be there if I'm uncomfortable with his presence. But God is near. And so my question for all of us this morning, knowing that God is near, is it more of a comfort or maybe do we feel that it's the curse of being a Christian when I do wrong knowing that he is there? Or maybe it's even possible for us to be completely oblivious to the fact that God is there. See, the purpose of God's presence is to bring comfort, not to bring fear. Imagine a gentle shepherd caring dearly for the, shepherd, for the sheep, for those he loves. See, it's possible that I can be known without fear. For there is no judgment with God. Because he forgives my sins. See, if God only knew me as a guilty sinner, then you're right. I'm doomed. And I would want to run but he knows me through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. God is with us. His presence goes before us and behind us. It surrounds us. It indwells us. And so we can say in verse 10, like David, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. And in life, in those moments when there seems nowhere else to go but to God, we discover his hand of strength and support are with us. And then he continues in verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. The complexity of who we are, the human body, is absolutely astounding. And he talks about us being knit together in our mother's womb, being so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, he continues in verse 14. Thank you. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. See, there is no lesser or greater in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter where you were born, your culture or ethnic background, the language you speak, all have value. 
just because we are. We are made in the image of God. For that, we are thankful. And in verse 17, David continues, and he says, How precious to me are your thoughts. After all the complexity and the wonder of who God is, David thinks, and yet you are still with me personally. You care for me. You are concerned about who I am. Remember, again, maybe, maybe it's still the case in your relationship with your love. But do you remember early on when the two of you thought of one another all day long? You were consumed by thoughts for your love. You were distracted during the day and, and kept from sleeping at night. You could never get enough of your love on your mind. And sometimes, maybe you would just call one another to tell each other that you were thinking of each other. And maybe you would even ask, have you been thinking about me? Do you know the answer from God to the question, have you been thinking about me, is always yes, all the time. You are on God's mind every moment of the day because his care and his love for you, for each one of us. And then these words, these thoughts of David, they take a, a drastic departure from where we've been in verse 19 through 22. And he says, if only I would destroy the wicked. I hate them. You know, for a long time, these verses, this expression of anger, it confused me. Because, because it came right in the middle of David's beautiful expression for relational intimacy with God. And then he just lashes out with this emotional outburst. And he says, oh God, if you'd only destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise them? Yes, I hate them with a total hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. And then I began to understand that this is a response of David's loyalty to God. This relationship is so deep and so consuming with his creator that David is determined to be absolutely loyal to God and in that loyalty he will be, he will be against all those who are against God. David loves what is good and hates what is evil. And as a follower of Jesus, in humility and in absolute loyalty, we are called to hate what is evil but cling to what is good. Not the, not the people, the individuals, 
We have an outpouring of love and compassion. And yet for the deeds that are done, David says, those I will hate. And then as soon as he got on to this, this departure from the intimate aspect of being with God, he returns. And in verse 23, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See, this is all about our attitude towards God. Surrendering to God's love. See, we discovered that right in the very beginning of this chapter, verse 1, that he said, God knew him. You've seen me, you know where I am, where I go, what I'm even about to say. That's just a fact of life. But now he comes to the point where he says, I want you to search me more deeply. The Lord already knows everything about me, even my thoughts. And yet I want the Lord to know my heart even more. This means I want the relationship to go deeper than it has been. And it takes some humility to open our heart completely. For when I am humble, I'm open to learning anything about myself that is out of accord with who God is and what he wants for my life. An honest look, the depths of our heart. You know what? I want the Lord to know me so I can know myself even better. My dad, he had, a, he had a long scar right down the middle of his chest, from the top all the way down the bottom to his stomach. And for those few of you who may have seen him in the middle of summer without his shirt on, you would have seen this scar. And it was when I was just a little guy, four years old, that my dad had open heart surgery. And part of that included inserting an artificial mechanical heart valve. Back then, it was a relatively new procedure, and it required completely opening his chest cavity. Thus, it gave him a lifetime reminder of a heart that was quite literally changed. That was back in 1966. My dad was 37 years old and it happened at St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver. And it was then that he yielded himself to the surgeons to examine and to search his heart. And in the process, indeed, they discovered a serious issue with one of the valves in his heart. And they cleaned it up and they inserted a little metal cage with a synthetic ball right inside of it. And I'll hold it up here and you probably can't see it all that well, but you, I think it's showing on the screen behind me here. And this is actually what they inserted into his heart. And you know the interesting thing about this is that after he had healed and he had come home and if the room was quiet, 
and you listen very carefully, you could hear the little tap and clack of this ball going back and forth with the flow of the blood and the beating of the heart. Well, this little cage ball that was put into his heart worked really well for 22 years. And then after that, he went back into the hospital and they replaced this with some tissue actually from a pig. And then when he was released from the hospital, he asked if he could keep this as a reminder of his changed heart. And he would have it at home when I remember as a kid when company would come over for dinner that he would pull this out sometime during the evening. He'd show people this. It was a great little conversation piece. And, I, and I've kept it as a reminder of my dad's changed heart. But you know what? By the life that my dad lived, I'm convinced that not only did he surrender himself to the surgeons to examine and to repair his heart, he also surrendered his heart to be examined by God. And it changed forever who he was. And David continues, verse 24. After he says, search me, O God, know my heart. Then he says, point out anything in me that offends you. See if there's anything offensive within me. Ouch. That can hurt. You know, it's not our favorite thing at all. At least it's not mine. Having someone critique us or the work that we've done. But then going a step beyond and asking and saying, here, this is what I've done. Just pick it apart. Tell me what's wrong. That's a tough one. And see, generally we even dismiss those that we don't know or specifically like when they critique us. And yet, even from a friend, it can be difficult to take. But we're reminded in Proverbs 27, verse 6. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. When our friend, when they challenge us in order to help us. And that is what David is saying with God. If I reveal the inner recesses of the attitudes of my heart, and I invite you in to search it out and then point out anything that offends you, anything that is offensive within me, so that you can restore it, clean me, make me a more whole, more godly person. That is what God desires. See, it's, it's really about being humble. See, because humility appears in the form of teachability. Arrogance and teachability, they really cannot occupy the same space. For arrogance says, I already know this. But humility and teachability says, I have so much more to learn. 
You know, the other day, my uh, soon-to-be son-in-law was sitting at our dining room table and he had come over for a bit that evening because he's starting a, a new small business and he had created this web page to, to promote um, what he's doing to advertise his product. And he had asked Jenny if she would look over the website and just kind of let him know if anything could be adjusted, how it looked. Well, as it happened, there's a number of other of the family members in the room right then. And pretty soon it turned into, oh, change that line. Uh, that word's no good. Move that picture up a little bit. And it was just kind of this, this, so many things were being told him about wasn't good about what he had done. Now, everybody in the family was saying it because they wanted it to look better or sound better. And all of a sudden, for a moment, I, I thought, wow. For him to kind of open himself up and say, tell me what you think, and for all of us to tell him what we thought, there was some humility there. He wanted to grow and to learn. And so we all convinced him that, yes, he had done a great job, but we wanted him to succeed. We want him to succeed in this business. But it made me think about being a friend, and even when we point out the things that can change, that we do so with love and compassion. See, when we give ourselves to God, and he said, God, look at my heart. There's things in here that, that need to be cleaned, maybe need to be removed. You know, we don't have to fear that God is going to beat us up or make us feel bad or dismiss us no, his desire is to compassionately heal us and make us whole. And so along with David, if we desire to really be known by God, and in turn to really know God and the wonder of who he is as he works through us to create within us all that he has designed us and created us to be, and then together, let's pause before God. And in the honesty of our hearts and deep within ourselves, allow God, invite God in, his presence within. And he will reveal in us his desires for us. And then David finishes this wonderful psalm up with the end of verse 24. And he says, I give myself to you. He goes, God, I know that you will lead me along the path of everlasting life. And he moves forward in joy with his creator. So as you consider what God has made, the wonder of all wonders of who you are, yet he desires you to be all that he has created you to be. And that means allowing and asking, inviting God in to search, to show, and to clean our hearts before him. Continue with me as we approach God. Our God, we are thankful for the wonder 
of your creation. God, and that's us. We, we are simply amazed at what you have done and continue to do. That we are created in your image. God, that you care so deeply for us that you have sent your son Jesus Christ to die and to raise again and to live for us, to redeem us. And God, as we can, our hearts over time, as a result of neglect, are not fully following you, can be darkened. God, allow us in this moment to pause and honestly ask that you would search us deep within to clean us and make us whole. God, that we may experience the closeness of a relationship with you. God, which also allows us to a wonderful, close relationship with those around us. God, we pray that you would continue with us. Continue to be our strength. God, we thank you for what you have done and will continue to do. Continue with us in great joy and wonder throughout the day, throughout the week, the year ahead, God, as we celebrate with you. In your son's precious name, amen.